Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Hi everyone, it's Pastor Dave. And Cecilia. How are you doing today, Cecilia? Oh, I'm bouncing and bubbling and glad to be here. How about you? Oh, I was great, but hearing you, I think you might be greater. <laughs> Holy smokes. You know why I'm excited and, and, and doing great today? Well, because we're in room 4216, of course. And the episode we're dealing with today. It's a Jacob, chapter 32 of Genesis. Mm-hmm. He has three battles he is fighting. Three battles? Yep, yep. And it doesn't always look that way, but actually there are three that he he has to deal with, and they're hard and heavy. Hmm. But with that, why don't we uh, get started? children. My name is Miss Cadiddlehopper. I'm so glad you are here with me in Sunday school today. This being your first Sunday in kindergarten, I want you to know we will have a wonderful year as long as you listen and obey. This is the story of Jacob. Jacob took some things from his brother that were not his. Naughty, naughty. Jacob and his brother Esau had a big fight. Shame on them. Jacob ran away and hid. Oh, dear me. He went to live at his uncle Laban's house. What a good family. While there, Jacob grew up and learned how to work hard for the things he wanted. Such a good boy. He became very rich. He got married and had lots of little children. Jacob went back home, made up with his brother Esau, and they lived happily ever after. So what did you learn from this story? I'm sure you learned that now when you go home today, you will not fight, but you will be good boys and girls. way it happened well, not completely no what, what 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 was wrong with it um well it it's not just about the morals everybody be good and and the world ends up great oh there's more to it than that there is yeah hmm. oh but hey i got an idea okay 
We saw how the Sunday school kids would see it. As a four-year-old. Five-year-old. Kindergartners are five-year-olds. Uh, not if they're a brainiac. <laughs> uh, I'll be, I was thinking of myself. I know you were. I was going to say that would leave you out. But how about we see it as a 14-year-old would <gasps> see it? Superhero! story of Super Jacob. As Jacob grew up, he knew he was different and special. His father, though, looked down upon him. His father liked his brother Esau better because he was one who hunted wild animals. Nevertheless, Jacob was good with strategy, bargaining, and improving his holdings. One day, Esau went hunting. He didn't plan ahead and so came home, hungry. He asked Jacob for some food. Jacob agreed and merely asked for compensation for his time and effort in preparing the meal. Esau would have nothing of it and exploded in anger, saying it was trickery. It seemed like only his mother, Rebecca, understood him and his superpowers. Rebecca therefore tried to help the father understand just how special he was. Preparing some food, putting him in different clothes, she sent him in to negotiate with the father. Again, Jacob was misunderstood and his actions were seen as trickery. Now with both his father and brother at odds against him, Jacob went away confused, feeling rejected by the one whose approval he longed for. His mother arranged for him to leave home and take a long journey. Jacob, the Wonder Boy, wandered to his uncle's abode. There, his superpowers of strategy, bargaining, and his ability to multiply anything he touched was seen, and it shocked and amazed all who experienced it. 
with his confidence restored, he started towards home with all the riches he amassed. While on the way, scouts warned him of an advancing army with Esau at its head. To prepare for this onslaught, he divided his ranks and deployed them to the right and to the left. That night, while patrolling the perimeter, Jacob encountered a mighty hero who challenged him to battle. A hand-to-hand -hand battle lasting many hours ensued. It didn't take Super Jacob long to realize this was no near man but a greater superhero than he had ever experienced before. It was only Jacob's cunning and experience and strategy that kept him in the fight. Suddenly, his foe dealt him a decisive blow to his hip, knocking him to the ground. With the battle all but won, the warrior attempted to depart. But Jacob held onto him and demanded to know his name. The warrior refused to disclose his identity. So Jacob demanded something that he could prove that he had fought the Great One and lived. The mighty warrior told Jacob that his family would no longer view him as a loser, but rather a friend of the greatest superhero. His reputation would be known throughout the land, and his story known throughout the ages. wonderful mind of a 14-year-old boy. It's been a long uh, time since you were 14, hasn't it been? Watch it there, lady. <laughs> been a few years. But that's the amazing thing. I, I, I jump at that as well. And isn't that what our culture does? We want heroes, especially mm. when we feel like we're at a disadvantage. Yeah, to is... read or to, to read a book about a superhero and to put your mind in, yeah. in, in, in their... To be that superhero yeah. for just a few minutes in a book or a movie or whatever. It's part of an oral culture. 
heroes are are something we love. But just like the Sunday school teacher, the superhero doesn't tell the whole story either. Well, then maybe we should tell the whole story. Genesis chapter 32. Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is the camp of God. So he named that place Mehenaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, This is what you are to say to my master Esau. Your servant says, I have been staying with Laban, and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, men servants and maid servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord, that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he is coming to meet you with four hundred men. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people that were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought, If Esau comes and attacks one group, The other group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O Lord of my father Abraham, the God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, Go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and all the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted. He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, two hundred female goats and twenty male goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty female camels with their young, forty cows and ten bulls, and twenty female donkeys and ten male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, Go ahead of me, and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, To whom do you belong, and where are you going? And who owns all these animals in front of us? 
Then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second and third and all the others who followed. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him, and be sure to say, Your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. And so that's the real story of Jacob, as you read it from the Bible. Not a simple Sunday school moral lesson for four-year-olds. Not a superhero winning the day like a 14-year-old. But we have Jacob uh, coming to see his brother wrestling with God. And acting like a spoiled brat. Well, now, why do you say that? Because here he is. He's got so much stuff, so much wealth. Enough that he can give away a bunch of it to his brother and not even miss it. And yet, he says, I won't let you go until you bless me. 
Well, excuse me. But, yeah. And, by the uh, way, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what were these three battles of Jacob that you were talking oh, about earlier? Yeah, okay. Well, just a minute on the three battles of Jacob. Okay. Um, I see your point, but that misses the story just like the Sunday school or the superhero misses it also. Because this really isn't a story about one who is blessed, but rather one who realizes he's not blessed. Jacob, when he is wrestling with this angel, as it actually says, comes to realize this is God. And he realizes he should be dead. That's why he named it the face of God, and I lived, Penuel. He realized he shouldn't be alive. And he probably even thought of his entire life and realized he's been a, a disaster, cruel to people. And, and why should he have all these blessings? And he should be dead. And, and so, yet he wants another blessing? Ah, but it's not a demanding. Rather, it's quite the opposite. This is more like a, a servant coming to a king asking for mercy. In fact, we have a situation like that in the New Testament. If you we remember, do? yes, we do. Yep. In Mark chapter 10, there was a man on the roadside. He heard Jesus was coming along and he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That and was the, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. The, the blind mm-hmm. man, right? The blind man, yep. And everyone was saying, be quiet, be quiet. And Jesus said, no, invite him to come. And when, Je- and when he came to Jesus, he was coming to whom he knew was the almighty king. That was seen by when he said, son of David. And he didn't say, I want my sight, I want my sight. Son of David, I want my sight. He said, have mercy on me. And so Jacob was going, wrestling with this angel and realizing he should be dead. This is God. And and he's alive. He's faced God, by the way. That's why it was at night, so he really couldn't see him totally. And um, he's saying, give me a blessing because I'm going to hold on to you. I need your blessing. I cannot survive. I am a joker. I am a mess. I am a screw up. I am a Scrooge. I cheat and lie. I need your blessing. Oh, God, have mercy upon me. This is a call for mercy, not a demand for more. I'd like you to be very honest here. Okay. Do you really believe that's what it was, that that it wasn't just Jacob's greed, but that it was really him seeking God's mercy, not God's riches? I do. I do. For a couple of reasons. I, I, I don't see why this would be included in the Bible otherwise. And also, this is what God's people do. David, in the book of Psalms, many times, though he didn't say those exact words, I will not let you go till you give me a blessing, but he clung to God. God, you're the only one who can help me here. Help me, help me, help me. That's basically what Jacob is doing. And now we have just one last portion of the story to be completed of Jacob. But, 
But what about Jacob's free battles? Ah, we'll get to that. But first, we need to read the last part of the story. And where is that? It is found in chapter 33, verses 1 to 11. All right. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maidservants. He put the maidservants and their children in front, and Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? he asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given to your servant. Then the maidservants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What do you mean by all these droves I met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, Jacob said. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. Well, do you remember a couple segments ago what you said about Jacob when he was holding on to God? Yeah, about being a spoiled brat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that is true. He was a spoiled brat. But when was that for sure? Well, for sure, that was when he was younger. Right. So battle number one was when he was at Laban's house. After he had run away from his home and all the problems, and he was being tricked as a trickster by Laban. The first battle was, uh, how are you going to retaliate? And how did Jacob handle Laban? He was fair. Yes. Battle number two was when he was facing God at night, well, the angel, which he finally realized was God. And there, how did he react to God? Uh, Well, they wrestled. Mm -hmm. And then Jacob said, have mercy on me. Yes. Finally, Jacob, rather than being the arrogant... Spoiled brat. Spoiled brat was a very humble, realistic sinner. 
battle number two. Because when he was able to do that, he was basically admitting he was a sinner. He needed God's help. And God, therefore, could help him. Battle number three, his brother. And how did he win that battle? He knew he was going to meet a brother that he had dissed and stolen from and tricked. And so he lavished him with gifts. But not just gifts. Did you recognize how the words were coming out of Jacob's mouth by his servants and him? How did you refer to him? My Lord, your mm-hmm. servants. Mm-hmm. Not the arrogant brat, but a humble servant. And Esau therefore realized this was a different Jacob. This is not the one who ran away from home. This is somebody who has grown up and changed. So battle number three was won through the humility that he acknowledged when he faced God Almighty. These are battles we face all the time too, aren't they, Cecilia? Because yes, after they all, are. we got our own sins. Maybe not we're spoiled brats, but we're something. I can be a spoiled brat. Yeah. I'll, sorry, but I'm the first one to admit it. <laughs> and we all eventually will face God. In this lifetime, there's, I believe, a point where he br- brings us to reality of, oh my gosh, I'm not the mighty person I once thought I was, the Mm -hmm. cool person or whatever. Sometimes it happens when we're made blind. And I use that word, made blind. Mm -hmm. It brings us to our knees. And then we can face rest of the world, which sometimes mistreats us, but how will we treat it? If we treat it with humility from that which we learned from God at the second battle, we'll win the third battle. But it won't necessarily be on an earthly level, but a spiritual one for sure. So, Pastor Dave, tell the truth. Yeah? Have you ever been a spoiled brat, or are you a spoiled brat? Um, yes. Not at all. I see. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How about you people? Are you a spoiled brat? Have you struggled with being a spoiled brat? Or do you have other battles that you face? Please do write us, and you can do so at... Info, I-N-F-O, at... Not-Alone, N-O-T, dash A-L-O-N-E, dot... Net. N-E-T. And remember... We we are are not not alone. alone. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Deb Andrus as Miss Cadiddlehopper. Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. Old Fortuna from Carmina Burana by Brant Brass. Various selections from Glory, the movie soundtrack, by James Horner, and Terry Nord, interlude musician. <laughs>